Underpowered Hour. On this week's episode, SV Autobiography Ultimate Edition Range Rover, a Range Rover specifically for astronauts, a listener question, Ike gets a shoe full of oil, Hannah Montana gets a shoe full of blood, and more. Now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or check us out on Instagram at the Barris Collection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thanks to everyone joining us today. I'm the bias ply to Stephen's radio, the unsynchronized crash box of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online, Facebook, and Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. All right, Stephen, let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, this uh, week in the news, I don't know if you caught it, but the Special Vehicles Unit, always known for uh, their over-the-top customizations, have come out with yet a more luxurious version of the already extremely luxurious autobiography uh, Range Rover, they're calling this the SV Autobiography Ultimate Edition. The most, the most luxurious sport utility vehicle on this planet Earth. So this is uh, this edition is not a new edition. They have offered an autobiography variant in the past, what makes this one uh, special or different from the last iterations? It's not incredibly clear. There are some uh, customization work that you can do to the car, more paint colors. You can put chrome in more places, um, So, but it's a little vague. I believe uh, one of the uh, things that makes it the most luxurious is uh, a choice of scents. Uh, inside uh, the cabin, uh, you can have it smell like a uh, like a 16th century cello, if you like. Uh, I believe you can, uh, you know, you can choose from a variety of different foie gras that it smells like, or, or perhaps uh, uh, you know some other extraordinarily decadent. Uh, uh, meal. I think it it does have the normal silly things like a a champagne uh, a bottle, uh, you know, chiller uh, because uh, open alcohol in a motor vehicle is always uh, a great idea. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, this is very fancy. It's super fancy. Well, at a certain point, you run out of ways to make it even fancier. I feel like I've seen another. Uh, previous edition of the Range Rover autobiography that had a um, like a, a drop down tailgate seat with a seat back and a stirrups for your feet so you can watch or pretend you're playing polo. Um, yes. And I just yes. I, I really want to be in a board meeting where they're coming up with these like how do we make this super fancy car even fancier? Yeah. Gary, it needs little stirrups. That's exactly <laughs> what it's. Have you seen? He recently watched Harry Potter and saw the little stirrups on the side of the broom, and that is uh, that's they're very reminiscent of uh, of 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 Quidditch broom stirrups. Qu the the Quidditch edition. That's next. Yeah. 
that's yeah, next. that's next. Oh my god! In your favorite house colors, you could be Slytherin or the other ones, uh, and any all the seats can be quilted. Well, you know, famously they did a very limited run of the Windsor edition ones, so you could have the emblem of the House of Windsor on your headrest. I'm not sure if it was available outside of the royal family. I think you could uh, have purchased it, but that was based on the previous, like ultra super mega you know, outlandishly uh, fancy uh, Range Rover. Now, you know, to be fair, this has like fully reclining seats in the back, like a a first-class airline seat would be. And of course, Land Rover seats are made by Lear, the uh, famous maker of the Lear jet. So they are no strangers to uh, super fancy seats. They have little little feet rests that come up. I believe they have many levels of massage and of heat and of cool and of uh, moderate. I'm, I'm not sure. You know, whatever you want, you know. Moistness. Various levels of moistness. <laughs> but like, I would like my seat to be slightly moist or or dryness. My, I'm too moist. I would like to be demoistened maybe as a as an option as well. I could I could probably get behind that second option. Now, this car is roughly twice the cost of a standard Range Rover autobiography, which is about $92,000, I think. Yeah, and uh, like this one this one is the, the ultimate super fancy luxury edition. And it has like uh, uh, view screens or, or televisions in the backs of the headrests. And uh, it, it, I believe it comes as a, a plug-in hybrid as well, if you want. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think they'll make it any way you want it at this price yeah. point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you could have it steam-powered if you were really ambitious uh, enough about it. Uh, I'm sure they would they would rig that up for you. Uh, yeah, there's something like, you know, just the stitching uh, color. There's 26 different versions or something. It's really, uh, I mean, you can get, you can go very deep down. Now, I believe, like most of the autobiography stuff, if you wanted to take a trip to the factory, now I'm not sure if that's, happening right now, but, uh, you know, COVID notwithstanding, you'd be able to take a trip to uh, the the special vehicle operations uh, group there and uh, essentially sit with a consultant and go through every thread color and every type of leather and the various levels of moistness they can offer. Uh, <laughs> you know, they can, you can trial run a hundred percent of it. Uh, it's a, you know, it's a pretty cool thing. And then when they present it to you, it comes out in this room, like you're in the bat cave and it, you know, they revolve it around, Ooh. you know, I imagine for this, there would be a small orchestra that would play uh, music. Uh, you know, you could have, have uh you know hors d'oeuvres whatever whatever you want i'm picturing like a, a savile row taylor sort of experience you know where yes. they they bring yes. out the materials the swatches so uh maybe maybe we we could just go and uh, ask if they would measure our inseam repeatedly over oh, and can't. over I can't wait. This <laughs> this famously uh, leaks oil in uh, the pattern of uh, famous uh, French art. Uh, so you know, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a variety of different. I believe you can get differential leaks uh, to be sort of a Van Gogh. You can have uh, you can decide postmodern, uh, whatever you want. They will have it leak oil in the appropriate pattern. Um, you know, so that on your driveway, it's not simply little spots, but, uh, you know, uh, Whistler's mother or something. I, I'm reading about this and I, I misspoke. It is not available as a plug-in hybrid. It comes with the, the TD V8 or the effortless LR V8 supercharged. 
And uh, this and the, this is true. This is not a joke. It has a super yacht inspired teak load space floor. Oh, not a regular yacht. No, that kind of a load space floor is reserved for the cheaper autobiography. This Correct. is the super yacht. Yes, yes, uh, that is true. Um, and it comes with the, uh, according to this, handcrafted finest soft feel leathers and machined aluminum detailing. Mm. So I don't think it, I, maybe it doesn't have the wood like the previous editions do on the inside. Well, that's always been a thing, especially with the old Rolls Royces and stuff. That's the problem is the wood, uh, you know, goes to shit well before the vehicles do. The vehicles last forever. Um, the the wood interior, though, dries off again because they're not appropriately managing the moistness of the interior. So the wood dries out and splits and cracks. And, and I think we're on to something with the the different levels of moistness that uh, that should be available in a luxury automobile. I mean, that's how you make the SV Autobiography Ultimate uh, Masterpiece Edition, right, is, you know. Okay, so we've we've established that the Ultimate Edition is available if you are extremely wealthy. Uh, let's talk about the Astronaut Edition for the truly, <laughs> the truly wealthy. Let's talk yes. about this. Yes, that's right. If you're if you're so wealthy that the SV Autobiography Ultimate Edition is just not uh, enough, uh, why not first take a trip into outer space uh, to then receive an astronaut edition uh, Range Rover? Now, something tells me this is not the uh, you know the official vehicle of uh, NASA. Uh, it's probably uh, to do with one of the more outlandish uh, space tourism companies. Yes, Virgin Galactic in this case. And we would expect no less. Um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, I saw it at the 4 by 4 by 4 by 4 festival, and uh, it was really cool. By fur by far? By 4 <laughs> by 4. By fur. The 4 by fur festival is a totally different thing. Also held in Palm Springs. Uh, it's definitely also in Palm Springs, but a totally different thing. Uh, a totally different thing. Uh, same amount of off-roading, just in a different sense. Um, but the, uh, yeah, the Astronaut Edition's really cool. It's got a an engraved center console with a little spaceship uh, one on it and a little jet stream coming behind it. And the, the dash is adorned with all kinds of astronaut-specific uh, specific things. I believe you have to uh, wear an environmental survival suit to drive it. Um, I'm not sure if you can plug in your comm and things. The HVAC system actually turns the interior of the car into a vacuum. Perfect vacuum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect vacuum. Yeah, it's a training. It's a training simulator. Yeah, and it can drive around in a circle very, very quickly, centrifugically, uh, in in such a way that you can use it as a as a training uh, vehicle for your for your upcoming trip to space. Now, I don't know if you get it before you go to space because technically you're not an astronaut well that's not true you are an astronaut as soon as you're you become a part of the astronaut program um if you're a virgin atlantic astronaut i mean you haven't yet gone to space i suppose you're still an astronaut in training maybe um do you get it when you land how does it work uh i'm not sure the process of when you actually receive your range rover it could be as soon as you return uh, like you know like it's a a black belt in a taekwondo oh, studio yeah, yeah. you you receive it uh, uh 
maybe all astronauts unbeknownst to me have uh have range rovers i'm not sure but yeah. this uh this astro and i don't know if it's available separately or whether you have to go to space to get this uh range rover uh astronaut edition i, I think it is uh i think it is a an astronaut situation i think you have to first one must go to space or at least pay for it and then one may have the range rover it, I think it it uh, has a piece of uh, the the ship that you take like embedded into the car. At least that's what it looks like. Like oh my goodness, on it, purpose or 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 accidentally? It kind of looks like it's the bottom of the cup holder. Maybe it says this piece of history flew into space on this date, oh. and then it it's uh, etched with the signature of Richard Branson. <laughs> uh, that's, I'm not making this up. And the the color of the car is uh, zero gravity. I can't picture what that color looks like, but in the picture, it kind of looks like maybe a a dark, like inky black sort of yeah. night sky. And then it it's has invisible, a lot of invisible at night. <laughs> yeah, the most dangerous car in the world to drive after about four thirty in the afternoon. It just absorbs light. And then uh, it's got a lot of constellation motifs here and there and everywhere, you know. Um, it's it actually it's a, it's a nice looking car. I mean, yeah. uh, I I do like it as opposed to the standard Range Rover uh, livery. It it's quite nice. And that's not the only, as I understand it, uh, use for the Range Rover in the Virgin Galactic space fleet. Is it not also uh, a tow vehicle for the? for the the ship itself yeah it it apparently is a um they use it to taxi down the runway at least in the promotional footage i uh i might get a little uh uh, nervous if uh my space flight was being taxied by like a just a standard automobile seems (laughs) like that would be a job for a specialist piece of equipment but in this case that's true um I'm also noticing on the center console there are some etchings of various spaceships next to the uh, you know the drive controls. I don't mm. know if you've you've seen this. No, but uh, it looks like it has the outline of uh, of different spacecraft, space shuttles, Apollo landing craft, mm. biplanes, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, In the they, terrain response, is there a space mode? Can you put it into space mode, like from Tiny Cactus to space? Uh, it, it it doesn't appear that that's true, although I will point out that uh, it is a lunar rover and uh, not a lunar land cruiser or lunar yeah, jeep. That's a good point. It is a good point. I feel, like, I feel like uh, this has been a you know partnership a long time coming. Also, yeah, before, before we stop talking about the astronaut edition, I just have to mention a... Uh, an anecdote that I don't know if is true, but I have heard that Neil Armstrong, the first person on the moon, used to tell a bad joke about the moon. And then when no one laughed, he would say, I guess you had to be there, which I, <laughs> which I love, which I love. But I don't know if it's actually true. It's a wonderful. There's a limited story. group of people that can get away with that, and I think if you can, you, you're sort of you're sort of obligated to. It's it's mandatory. Yeah, it's mandatory. Oh, so yeah, is this is this a car you would have in your stable? 
Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, the new Range Rovers are great. I love them very much. I think they're amazing cars. I certainly would love and did at one point want to buy, uh, had an opportunity to buy the uh, the car that uh, the Queen and Prince Philip picked up Michelle and Barack Obama from Air Force One. Uh, that car got sold uh, not that long ago. I had an opportunity to buy it. Uh, passed on it, honestly, because it was in the UK. And, you know, I'm not in the UK for long enough periods of time to, uh, you know, sort of sort of keep that thing up. I couldn't even bring it into Canada for 15 years. And so ultimately, it just and certainly not here in the United States until it's 25 years old. So it, it just sort of became one of those things where eh, it's not really uh, a reasonable, but I, I certainly would. I think, uh, you know, I tend to want cars that have some sort of an interesting story to them, especially a, a newer, a late model, if you will, car like that. I would want it to have something like that. And hey, you know, the Queen, uh, Prince Philip, and the Obamas riding around in it, that's pretty cool. That's uh, that's pretty special. And Prince Philip drove it, and it didn't uh, it didn't roll it over. So I think that's a, that's also, that's a bonus. There's not many cars that, that's a rare uh, lately. Car. Yeah, yeah, that are not, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know. Now he he famously uh, rolled a Range Rover over. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm you know I'm sure that's not the only Range Rover or Land Rover product that he has crashed. I think the Queen though has a spotless uh, Land Rover driving record. Of course, famously she has uh, a Defender, a number of different. Obviously, she has all kinds of cars, but uh, she drives uh, her. Uh, defender around her estate at Belmoro um, uh, all the time. The great photos, great photos of her uh, out for a drive because uh, she's really only allowed to drive on the grounds. She's not allowed to drive on the public roads. They don't let her drive on the road, I imagine, because you know you don't want to get into a fender bender with the queen. And how does it work? I mean, nobody knows how that works. So they just they take that off the the table completely. I feel like if you're the queen, you can just make up the rules. I mean. Honestly. I mean, technically, you can. I think just make up the. I think it's sort of what that what it means to be the queen. But there, there's a pretty famous story where I think that maybe the king of Jordan. Uh, I can't remember whether the queen was visiting Jordan or vice versa, and uh, the queen took him on a drive in a Land Rover, and he was like, uh, you know, that was a, a little bit of a culture shock for him, and he was uh, uncomfortable with the. The scenario, and I think she made it additionally uncomfortable by driving fast and skillfully, and <laughs> uh, and surprising him. But yeah. uh, uh, I believe that's, that's awesome. a famous story that I don't know enough about. But um, yeah. this uh, this Virgin Galactic uh, space shuttle, or I'm sorry, astronaut edition, uh, it looks like you have to buy a ticket. It's a quarter million dollars for the ticket, so two hundred fifty thousand for the ticket, and then a hundred and forty four thousand additional dollars for oh. the range rover so it's uh uh three hundred and ninety four thousand dollars if you want one of these range rovers but what a great keepsake you know for the the trip i mean some people will take uh you know the in-flight sick bag or maybe one of the safety cards i think to walk away with the range rover that's a you know that, that's great that's a nice goodie bag yeah i wonder if it comes with an in-flight safety card um, in the Range Rover. Uh, apparent, nice apparently for that price, you get the Range Rover and uh, two and a half uh, minutes, or I'm sorry, it says a few minutes of weightlessness and you're able to get out of your seat and experience that weightlessness. Um, the whole flight takes two and a half hours. So 
Wow. You can you can do the math on what that is per hour, yeah. but yeah. it's pretty significant. It's not, it's not cheap. That's not cheap. But uh, hey, you know, it, it might be worth it. I know that uh, SpaceX is uh, working on something similar very soon. Blue Horizon, I think, also working on something soon. So soon, you'll have your choice of eccentric billionaires to fly you to the edge of space. I, I feel like the price can only decrease with competition. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's really an economy of scale thing. Once you get that up and running, and uh... pretty soon it'll be like five hundred bucks, and you'll get like a Segway. Yeah, you know, with yeah, you your get a Yaris. It's going to be great. So, Ike, I hear that uh, you have a, a listener uh, question. Yeah, yeah, I have a I have a listener question. I got a, a little bit of a puzzler this week uh, from John in Albuquerque who called with a, a 1967 109 pickup truck. Oh, and right. That's a great uh, car. It, it is. It's the last year of the the pickup truck in the United States, and uh, this is a car that has been in his family for some time. And he called with a, a puzzling question, which was um, he wanted to stop a brake fluid leak in his Land Rover. And I said, yeah. you know, uh, no problem. We have all of the, the, the master cylinder rebuild kits mm -hmm. and uh, so forth, wheel cylinder rebuild kits, brake hoses, etc., that uh, would normally stem the flow of uh, brake fluid from his vehicle. And he said, no, 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 um, this one's leaking from the dash. And I said, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's exactly my reaction. Um, he said, no, 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 it's leaking from the dash as if that was a normal occurrence. Right. You know, Land Rovers leak from a lot of places, but the dash is not typically one of them. No. And in, in this instance, uh, I was initially pretty puzzled. I said, you know, could it be leaking out of the pedals and you know because the master cylinder is above the pedals yeah, and yeah. and running down the pedals and it looks like it's leaking out of the dash and he said no 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 it's leaking out of the dashboard and uh <laughs> i i was stumped and so i thought about it for a second and i remember a friend of mine has an american pickup truck from the the 70s and it has a trailer brake controller which had a brake line routed to it for progressive it has a hydraulic pressure mm -hmm. switch inside the trailer brake controller so that when you push the brakes it um it adds trailer braking or increases the voltage on the the trailer brakes yeah and so i was i it it, it came to me in a moment of inspiration i said do you have a trailer brake controller mounted in your dash and he said yeah and i said i bet that's the source of your leak and uh, unfortunately, I didn't have anything for 1970s trailer brake controllers in stock. <laughs> yeah, well, you. But, know. Uh, you know, he could at least uh, plug it and have brakes. But uh, that was the that was the uh, puzzler that I was That's, presented with this week. That is a uh, that is certainly uh, an original uh, problem, not one that I have heard before. Now, I had a military uh, Series 3, as you know, my military pickup, and uh, it had a, an oil gauge in the center dash, you know, in the little, the little, uh, you know, uh, half, you know, circular sort of dash area in the, in the middle where you can put three gauges. One of those gauges was an oil pressure gauge. And that gauge did at one point uh, start, and not, not leaking oil in the way that you would think, 
it leaked oil into the body of the gauge. And so the gauge itself slowly started filling up with oil. And then, of course, at about, you know, the the one third point stopped working altogether and the needle just sat dead. But it would it would fill up with oil as you would drive and the pressure would build in the in the motor, you know, let it warm up for a couple minutes and it would it would fill with oil. And for you know, I had this when I was quite young and had no idea why. Like, how does the gauge have oil? Like, what is going on? And then, of course, realized that some of those gauges, this was who knows where it came from, but is actually a an oil line, a plastic oil line. In the case, this one was a was a copper uh, oil line that had you know went uh, down to a, an output on the motor and would feed oil up into the dash and uh, and into this gauge. And at some point, something inside of that gauge. Uh, you know, gave out after God knows how long, and uh, the oil started to drip inside of the of the gauge, slowly, slowly filling it with oil. So that's that's less of a gauge and more of a sight glass at that point. <laughs> it's, it's sight glass, exactly. Sight it's glass. simply, you know, I never did anything about it because I'm like, well, I don't want to try to like plug this hole or anything. Everything seems to be fine. The oil pressure was fine, um, and uh, yeah, it just sat there. About it got to about half full, and that was about the the that's where it had equalized where. I had so it also worked as a good uh, indication of my uh, of my right to left tilt angle. Uh, it kind of was a you know an artificial horizon like an airplane. Um, so it was it was actually it turned into a, a different kind of gauge, uh, but but useful nonetheless. Also, also uh, you know you learned that you shouldn't wade through a puddle of oil deeper than that, otherwise your gauge will stop working. Otherwise, the gauge will stop working. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Which <laughs> well, is a consideration with a formerly military Series 3. You may be in that situation. I have experienced a similar issue, and uh, I was driving home at night in a, in a Series 2A, and those cars have a smaller dual gauge that uses mm-hmm. capillary or, for our uh, British listeners, capillary tubes yes. that run back to the engine and... Uh, and measure the the oil pressure. Now, I didn't realize this, but I was driving home in the dark and uh I I thought my my accelerator pedal foot was like sweating profusely inside of my shoe and it it was just the 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 interior moistness of this vehicle oh, was yeah. was not where we would like it to be. And uh, I was just driving along in the dark and I and my foot started to get slippery and like I just couldn't understand what was going on. Well, it turns out when I was able to stop and turn on the interior light, I realized that not only was my oil pressure gauge leaking, but my entire shoe was filled with oil, shoe and sock. So totally, <laughs> totally, totally ruined a good pair of shoes. And uh, also an expensive gauge, unfortunately, was uh, was the uh, casualty of that particular situation. But uh, for those of you listening, uh, I guess your your dash on your Land Rover can also leak various fluids. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, inexplicably, Land Rover has found a way to design in the ability to have almost every part of your vehicle uh, leak. I, I, As I say before we started recording, I said, uh, filling up uh, gas in my Series 3 this week, my driver's side door sill started leaking gasoline, which is not... <laughs> 
sort of something you're used to. You know, there's no gasoline that runs anywhere near that area at all. In fact, it's all entirely on the passenger side. So uh, the funny thing is, is like if it was coming out of the passenger side door sill, you'd sort of be like, meh, all right. Uh, but the fact that it was that's coming normal. out of the- That's normal. That's normal. normal. That's yeah. normal. But the fact that it was coming out of the driver's side, that that is a little alarming. Um, of course, what did I do but uh, simply back up into a parking space and wait for a couple minutes to see if it was still leaking? It stopped leaking, so I went about my day. It was fine. So uh, the workshop smells a little bit like gas now, though, so I should- I got to get that up on the rack and figure out what's going on. I'm sure it's nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. It's probably, it's probably, you know what it is? It's probably your gas gauge. It's your capillary tube gas gauge. (laughs) (laughs) That makes perfect sense. Well, and on that note, Ike, it is time for, and this is without question, everyone's uh, favorite uh, segment, uh, Celebrity Land Rover Owner of the Week. So Ike, who do you have for us uh this week so i i have to admit this week it is not an owner a celebrity owner uh but it is uh it is land rover and a land rover adjacent celebrity how about that yeah i think honorable mention uh i think that's fine i think that that passes the 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 land rover owner segment standards body i think is uh is fine with that so uh, we have uh, the media sensation that is Miley Cyrus pictured this week with a Series 3 Land Rover softtop in Los Angeles modeling some uh, kind of controversial sneakers that right. were produced. I guess these sneakers are the uh, Satan edition sneakers, yep. I'm told. Yep. And yep. they're making a limited edition of 666 pairs. Naturally. And- and the, and the die or the sole or some part of the sneaker, it is it is produced uh, with a drop of human blood. I'm told. Excellent. And do we know was the uh, Prince of Darkness involved in the in the design of these shoes, or is it more of an homage? I think it's it's in a marketing agreement. You know mm-hmm. where you where uh, it's done under the Lucas brand name. You know. yeah exactly well good to know funny you know that uh my uh my car uh rental agent uh called me earlier uh you know about three weeks ago and was looking uh someone looking for uh, a short wheelbase series Land Rover and uh, wanted specifically a soft top. And I don't, I don't have a soft top on any of my cars right now. And to swap over to a, a soft top is a little bit of a job that I don't particularly like to do on a whim. Um, and so I passed, but uh, you know, I could have potentially had Hannah Montana, Satan shoes, uh, Land Rover photo shoot on the resume of one of my cars. So obviously a huge, a huge miss there. Not sure if it was the same inquiry, but uh, I don't know. The timing lines up uh, mysteriously, almost as if there was a dark force at play. Uh, no doubt there was a dark force at play. And, uh, you know, it sounds like you not only missed out on that opportunity, but possibly a pair of uh, of these shoes. Of Satan shoes. Well, I think like the only natural, <laughs> uh, you know, the the only thing to do here in the tie-in market is a pair, an edition of underpower powered uh, sneakers with actual uh, Ike Goss uh, Land Rover oil uh, mixed uh, into the shoe. Not that we'll do any special <laughs> manufacturing process, just that you'll wear each pair 
around the workshop for a few minutes collecting you know, whatever happens to be on the floor and, and therefore making them not just collectible, uh, but all, uh, you know, personalized as well. Cause there'll be a little bit of Ike sweat, maybe a bit of blood. I don't know. You cut your toe or say, who knows, who knows what oh, could be in there? Oh, I know exactly what's going to be in there. It's going to be diesel engine oil, which is going to be far, far darker, far blacker than the blackest sneaker that Satan has ever made. <laughs> <laughs> you know that's funny you know you put a fresh quart of oil into a 200 tdi five minutes later it is as dark as midnight less than five minutes yeah and it will be it will be pumped through a capillary or capillary tube directly into these shoes find them on our website uh for the low low price of uh twelve hundred dollars $1,200, yeah. Well, that's for the standard edition. If you want the SV Autobiography Ultimate Edition speaker sneakers, <laughs> those will be uh, slightly more expensive. And on that note, Ike, it has been yet again uh, another uh, wonderful trip down Load Lane uh, with you and uh, happy to, uh, to be chatting and looking forward to uh, talking again next week. All right. I'll see you on the trail. The Underpowered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Consider supporting the show through our Patreon, and when you do, you'll be given access to exclusive content and Underpowered Hour merch. Want even more Underpowered Hour? Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. 